Welcome to Gritty Girls, the podcast. I'm Jillian Christie, and my passion and calling is really all about helping as many women realize that they have a scalable superpower, grit. If you're into hearing from badass, world-class women who just happen to be top chefs, athletes, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, artists, and activists on how they achieve their loftiest goals despite their greatest life challenges, then you don't want to miss the Gritty Girls podcast. Your journey to get inspired by phenomenal women around the globe and to learn how to cultivate more grit in your life starts now. A creative through and through, Chef Kat Turner has taken on many different career paths, each one enriching her next venture with a set of skills she wouldn't have had otherwise. We discuss how she navigates the winding road to life fulfillment, even on days she wants to quit, and how only in 10 years she found herself touring with bands like the Smashing Pumpkins and heading up the kitchen in her own Los Angeles cafe. So, Cat. Uh, Hi. You always, did you always know you wanted to be a chef? Is that something from childhood that you said, this is what I want to be, this is where we're going? Yeah. Um, uh, funny enough, I wanted to be a chef or I got very interested in culinary arts when I was in uh, high school. Um, I, I'd always loved to cook. My mom was a very avid home cook. Um and I actually got to take a cooking course with Julia Child when I was in high school. Um, and that was a very pivotal moment for me. And I got to the point as a junior when I started to kind of have to decide which path I was going to take. because I was also very interested in theater and fine art. And ultimately, I chose to go to school for theater and fine art and really put the culinary arts um, on the back burner until I was uh, 30. And that's when I ended up actually going to culinary school and kind of honing those skills and making that the career that I have kind of grown into now. That's so incredible. It almost kind of came full circle. I feel like going into an art school, like I, I feel you know, creating the dishes you create, especially are pieces of art in themselves. So it all kind of came full circle. Tell me more. What, what was this? Um, you got to do a class with Julia Childs in high school. <laughs> How does that happen? She was, uh, doing a book tour. Um, and there was a, a cooking school in Milwaukee of all places. And she did, um, just kind of like a day long, uh, course. And I asked my mom to take me and we went and, uh, got to meet her and she passed away not long after that. Mm -hmm. So it was a really, um, just kind of one of those pivotal moments where it's like, it, it wasn't a long time, but it was a very like, um, <clears throat> a strong impact. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. So you went into, to culinary school what was your journey from there to where you are now? You have this incredible cafe in LA called Highly Likely. Um, how did you get there? Like, wh what was the path? Well, in, in, in 2008, um, I was working as an actress and um, the obvious like economic, you know, downfall okay. came and um, 
and also the writer strike in um, here in, in Hollywood. So nothing was getting made. Everybody was freaking out. Um, I decided that I was going to go to culinary school because I, you know, still love cooking. And um, I was actually working part time at a friend's restaurant. And I figured that I would go to a school that could uh, best equip me to be a private chef. Uh, at the age of 30, I was like, I'm not going to be a line cook. I'm not going to have my own restaurant. Like, I'm just, I wanted like the most bang for my buck and what suits my personality the best. And so I went to a school in New York called the um, Natural Gourmet Institute that really focuses on health supportive cooking. Um, and after that program, I came back to LA and I started working for Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins and uh, did that for two years and went on tour with that band. And, and uh, yeah, that. What was their, what was their like favorite, like what was their favorite dish? What they request? Oh, I'm under a non-disclosure agreement. Oh, oh, well, there's. <laughs> Well, yeah, our imaginations. Yeah, but, but I'll tell you, I mean, people really, uh, in my, when I was a private chef, um, one of the things that I was sought out for was specifically to, um, you know, cook healthy food for people who needed a lot of stamina, um, whether that is, uh, would be musicians mm -hmm. or actors or athletes or, you know, anybody like that who really uses food as fuel, but also wants to have delicious, interesting food as well. Amazing. That's so awesome. Um, and then like from there, from private chefing, as if that's a verb, right? I think that's a verb, chefing. Um, yeah. <laughs> where'd we go from there? Um, so yeah, I, I was a private chef for many, many years and I started to get really, um, kind of frustrated that my entire culinary career up to that point had been so, um, I guess, kind of myopic. I was really cooking very specific things for very specific people, not reaching a wider audience. Um, I didn't know how to cook for big groups of people. I started getting curious about events and how events get run and large format kind of um, culinary experiences. And I had attended uh, a summit event and um sure some series yeah idea fest yeah exactly um <laughs> uh, i had attended one of these festivals um in in utah on the mountain for i think like a thousand people and i was so blown away by um the production of all of it um and that really stuck with me so when i started looking at ways to branch out uh it was right at the time when they were preparing to do their summit at sea um, 2016, which is this kind of flagship event for 3000 people. They take over a cruise ship. And I was, I, I kept in touch with, um, some of the people from summit. And so I reached out and I said, Hey, do you guys need any help, um, cooking on the boat? And they were like, yep. And, uh, I had no idea what I was setting myself up for, but it really launched the, um, trajectory that, you know, that led me where I am now. Um, I ended up doing that event. Um, they asked me then the following season to come up and cook on the mountain for their mountain events. And so I started, I went from being a private chef to being this kind of event production chef cooking for, you know, anywhere from 3000 to 200 people. Not stressful at all. 
oh, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, truly, it was just like, it's always been fly by the seat of my pants. Um, But I met my partners, my business partners at one of these summit events. And um, they just flat out out asked me like if I wanted to come back to LA and be the chef of, of Highly Likely. What, like, how did the perseverance and the passion of this, of what you love to do being a chef, like, How did that play a role in getting you to that point? I would say that there is an intersection of asking for what you want and not being afraid to say yes when it's put in front of you. Mm. Wow. Yeah, because you might think you want to go cook for 3,000 people and then when they say, okay, get on the boat, you know, you have to be willing to actually do it. (laughs) Roll up your sleeves and get in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Once the ball gets rolling, you're really kind of on a freight train. I don't know. That's kind of where, that's kind of where the restaurant is right now. I mean, it's like seven days a week, you know, we're closed like three days a year. It it never stops. And there's an obligation to the job um, that keeps you going. Definitely. And hopefully within that, you can find moments of creative inspiration Mm to keep yourself mentally fresh. Yeah, and speaking of that creative inspiration, I mean, I know I've been there at least where I can be completely passionate about something and really driving it and moving forward, but there's there's a point of, you know, a little bit of mental burnout. Has there ever been a moment, even just a moment where you're like, oh, I don't I don't know. This is a lot. There's a lot happening. I want to stop. I'm in right now. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really. Yeah, big time. Um, Yeah, right. Actually, and I go through through really heavy waves of this. Um, I think I'm a very creative person by nature. um, And if I weren't, uh, you know, acting, I'd be cooking, I'd be dancing, I'd be um, sculpting, you know, I mean, there, there's got to be some creative outlet for me all the time. Um, but I'm not really uh, an admin person. I'm, I'm really organized, filing invoices and doing paperwork and contacting vendors and making spreadsheets and, you know, building schedules and managing staff and managing a budget and all those things, um, which is like, you know, 80% of running a restaurant, while I'm good at that, it, it drains my creative side. An interesting thing actually happened. Like I need some, sometimes I need something to like wedge itself into Mm my, my, um, my life and the kind of repetition of my life to, to kind of jolt that creative energy. And the pandemic really did that in a way. Because, you know, here I was on my kind of regular routine and suddenly we had to uh, pivot in totally new ways. And suddenly I had to come up with like tons of new uh, recipes and pantry items and things to offer people because we never closed, you know, we literally like, we, we just like closed the door, you know, pushed the tables out front and like, you know, made a, a makeshift bodega basically and and speaking of the pandemic i mean this is this is wild uh wild times for so many different reasons but especially as a as a you know you have a business a business that you know brings people inside and sitting very in close quarters and eating and all the things i know that's affected you especially with like having to close the doors like as you mentioned 
um, relegated to only pickup orders, I believe. Yeah. Um, how has that like affected you mentally? And it sounds like, you know, you, you did a great job at pivoting and, and creating those different types of items and moder you know, kind of modifying how your menu looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are like the, the biggest changes, uh, mentally and also in the restaurant on an operational basis? I mean, we're dealing, I'm dealing with, um, a lot less staff right now. Um, most of my staff, at least in the front of house, um, they didn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they all, a lot of them decided to, to stay home. Oh, wow. And so I had, uh, I have much smaller, tighter staff that I'm working with right now. Um, just like the trust, you know, you know just having to, to trust them in different ways. And we're relying on each other, not only for um, work, but, you know, we're the only people that we're seeing for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. You know, so it's like become really crucial that everybody is like showing up and that they're feeling good and that their spirit feels good um, because, you know, we're kind of all we've got. Wow. In a lot of ways. That's Um, true. Yeah. Um, And just, you know, serving the community in a different way. You know, my whole, I think the most crucial thing to all of this for me as a business um, operator was how do we make this experience feel as normal as possible to people who are having a very abnormal experience right now in their lives? So if, um, you know, they can come to Highly Likely every day and get their, you know, cappuccino and their croissant and a salad, and that makes them feel stable and, um, you know, like they're doing something nicer themselves, then that makes me feel good. And that at least we're doing that for, um, for the community. I love that. I love that. And I, I watch your Instagram stories and I feel like you're always bringing the like joy. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for everybody, but I, yeah, that was my, that was a lot of my influence on social media too, was like, I don't want people to necessarily know how hard this is for mm-hmm. us. Um, and I want to make it feel like we're having fun with it in the best way possible. That's so nice. And that's a service in itself too, right? For mentally, for people and emotionally, like you're giving that back to the community. Um, That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I guess the question is, looking back to your high school days when you were in the culinary, um, you know, really getting into it, even before you, you know, left to LA to become an actor, what would you tell yourself now like yourself now, what would you tell that 17 year old cat? What would you tell her to get her to where you are now um, with the wisdom that you've acquired since? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trust, trust the journey. Definitely trust the journey and, and don't be afraid to say yes. I went through like a whole crazy life Mm. of like I went to school for photography and acting and I studied advertising and then I did fashion styling and then you know and then I was an actress and it all like you get to a point where you're like okay now I'm 40 
And I'm literally using every single thing, every step that I took along the way has informed who I am now. And if I had started cooking when I was in high school, I would not be the dynamic person and professional that I am today because I wouldn't have all that education in like lighting and presentation and color palette and, you know, just all the ways that like you exercise your brain growing up. I Uh, think that's a misconception too, right? I think we, we tell children in, in high school, Hey, you got to figure it out. Like, what do you want to do in life? And, and you don't always have to figure it out. Kind of going back to like me in high school and the whole kind of like trusting the process. I had a, a, a fearlessness in a lot of ways Um, And a lot of trust that like whatever decisions I was making were the right ones. And I still Mm -hmm. feel that way. Like when I set on, set myself on a course, like I typically don't look back and second guess and go, Ooh, I should have, I should have gone right. That's pretty unique. That's pretty, that's a, like a beautiful characteristic, you know? I have really, my parents are incredible. My, um, they've both been extremely supportive my entire life. And my dad who passed away a few years ago uh, was just like one of my biggest supporters and never made me feel like I was making the wrong decision. Like neither one of my parents, like I was like, I want to go to art school. And they were like, okay, you know, like they trust, they trusted me, Mm. which helped me to trust myself. Um, And I know not everybody is, you know, gifted with parents that trust them at a young age. Um, so I think you just have to know yourself and trust yourself. Um, totally. I think but, it all goes back to, you know, finding, if you don't have that built in incredible support system, finding those people to surround yourself with and, and learning to, you know, take care of yourself, trust yourself. It all starts like inside um, that's, and that's how you can listen and, and trust like the path that you're taking and, and all that fun stuff. I love that. I I've always had older mentors. I've always looked to, um, I've always looked to people who I admired and, and who I thought were interesting, mm-hmm. um, for guidance for as long as I can remember when I was, ever since I was little, I always had you know, it's funny to call them friends when you're like a kid, but I always had friends that were like old people, you know, what was me then, which is probably how old I am now. (laughs) (laughs) But like even yesterday, I swear, yesterday I got a, I got a card from my fifth grade teacher. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She ran into my mom and I see her when I go home for Christmas and stuff. And, but she, you know, we made an impression on each other and she just always thought like, she always thought it was really interesting, you know, like that I was a creative spirited child and that like that captivated her. And she was always such a wonderful, kind, intelligent woman who, you know, made learning fun and interesting. And that's good. That's so good. It's so important when you have those teachers too, that or just, you know, older uh, role models in your life that you can look up to and that see you, that truly see you. It's it's encouraging. I guess that's the thing. Like, look for the people who see you and ask them, you know, for advice. That's beautiful. I love that. 
I would love to hear, you know, before we, we get off here, I would love to hear like what you're working on now. I know you're putting a lot more effort into all the things because of, of, you know, the pandemic. Um, but is there any other like projects you're working on? I know you do. Is it cat in the walk-in or how's that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, right now we're doing, um, some videos that we're putting up on our Instagram at highly likely cafe. That's our highly likely Instagram where I am showing our online guests how to create recipes in their home using some of the pantry items that we sell at the cafe right now. That's been really fun. Long-term projects, you know, I mean, we're looking at ways to kind of grow our brand, um, not only highly likely, but some other concepts that my partners and I have as well. So just kind of looking to the future and really also seeing how this pandemic is changing the restaurant industry. And it's kind of an incredible time to be planning a new project because things are definitely changing and we're, we're getting this kind of distillation of what it means to be a restaurant in service to a community or a place that provides food and Mm -hmm. like what's really necessary and what do people want and need the most. Yes. And that's, that's important. Like looking for what they need too. Okay. One last question, Kat, who is one of your favorites of all time gritty girls and why? Who's one of my all time favorite gritty girls? Oh my God. Um, I, I've got to tell you, I mean, I, I love Martha Stewart. Mm. I love her. Yeah. I love, um, I love who she's become. I feel like um, she's definitely somebody who's built, uh, you know, a multi-million dollar empire um, being a woman and not, and being, but also being a tough woman, but Mm -hmm. also um, high level of femininity. Um, She's gorgeous. She was a model. Um, She went to prison. I mean, she's been through it all. She's done it all. <laughs> like she's kind of embraced as she, and she's like in her seventies now. And she's, she looks incredible. She's hilarious. I feel like as she's gotten older, she, and, and also has more autonomy over her brand and her image. Um, and, you know, has spent time in prison. Um, she kind of has emerged on the other side of all of it. Just like, with no, uh, you can bleep this out, but like, she's got no fucks left to get. Like, she's like, <laughs> she's none. <laughs> like, I'm going to do me and, uh, y'all can enjoy that. <laughs> so That's a great, great, great one. Um, Kat, I adore you. And I'm so grateful that you, you came on here with us and we're going to keep, uh, or keep us posted. We're going to keep up with you at highly likely cafe and uh yeah let's do this again thank you i look forward to it and i look forward to cooking for you hopefully soon this has been gritty girls the podcast you come to for your dose of badassery and inspiration from some of the most influential accomplished women on the planet please subscribe today i would super appreciate it i'm jillian christie this is gritty girls and we'll see you next time